Hey, this is Higher Peaks. This podcast is supported by our listeners on Patreon. There you can become a patron with options of bonus content, including behind-the-scenes posts, messages, pics, shorts, raw, unedited content, and even full episodes. You can influence future shows, have voting power, get exclusive rewards, and have patron-only giveaways. See full details on our page at patreon.com slash organrooted. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Oregon Rooted. I'm Higher Peaks. And this is Lady Sativa. You're listening to The Dirt Show. Where we bring you Oregon's cannabis culture. Hey, yeah, it's great to have you guys out to the farm, and uh, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Thank uh, you what for a pleasure! Yeah, what a pleasure. Now let's start from the beginning. Let's start from how you got here. Okay, yeah, I grew up in uh, San Diego, California. I lived there till I was about eighteen. Um, came up to Williams through a good friend of the family who uh, um, connected me with the Herb Farm, a medicinal tincture company. So I came up uh, here and uh, did the apprenticeship program, and uh, decided I. I liked Williams a lot and wanted to move here. So, so I moved here and, um, continued to work at the farm and, uh, worked through the ranks, um, from apprentice to field crew to irrigation tech, greenhouse tech, um, to managing the farm. Um, I did that for the last, uh, four years of my 11 years there, um, at the farm. Uh, during that time, uh, uh, I also was growing medical cannabis, uh, started that in about 2001 and so, and still have my card, uh, to this day. And now, do not, you don't have to answer this question, but how old are you? Um, 40, 40, 41. Oh, I just turned 41. Years. So, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so in between me and you, yep. Yep. right in the middle. <laughs> That's cool. I started out in 2001 is why I asked that. So, yeah. So I, I moved here in 99, um, and got into the, uh, growing medicinal herbs, always been into growing plants, uh, Worked in landscaping, uh, collecting native seeds and down in Southern California as a job. And um, yeah, just always with plants and uh, and always uh, smoking cannabis, always loving cannabis. So those two go hand in hand. And so uh, growing medicinal herbs and uh, learning about herbalism, learning about uh, healing, um, learning about cultivation, the soil, plants, and um, living, you know, in the country um, is... Uh, you know, what I love to, that's why I moved here. So, well, what's really cool is that you're basically a transplant as we say, Yep. and we're natives. Yep. Yeah. And so Born what's and cool. Yeah. What's cool though, is that you really brought the culture of, of what really Oregon cannabis is about. You brought it here really. Mm -hmm. I mean, with you. And yeah. I mean, I, cool. I feel like I grew up in that, you know, on learning about plants and being in Oregon and, um, the, you know, we talked about this when, before we started the interview, you're, you know, uh, your soil is basically what you're about. Yeah. So, you know, living in Williams and growing cannabis here, um, 
you in learning about you know um, the, the terroir, the land, and and how grapes um, you know are influenced by that, and how herbs are influenced by that. The different areas on the farm, the different kind of fields, the different microclimates we have. So seeing how plants are uh, directly influenced by their environment um, is very interesting to me, and so always um, noticing that with cannabis on the different. Um, properties that I've grown cannabis on in the same valley for all this time um, really made it clear that, you know, the land that you grow on is a huge influence of of the medicine, um, the herb that, um, that it produces. So, yeah. so I feel like that's what I really want to try to focus and bring to the, the Oregon market. So now I just want to be clear that recently I've smoked some of your cannabis and uh, it's very, very <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, man, it's just, I, you know, you really bring the outdoor. And that's the thing is I, I we've always thought this, I think maybe is that, um, you know, you can bring this kind of quality to outdoor, yes. especially in Oregon. Uh, but it takes. We have proven, not, not thought. Yes, we it, have proven. It's better. It's not, it's not, uh, you know, it's not just as good. It's better than, than uh, any indoor or you know, um, something that's grown in a climate that's not as conducive. Um, there's other conducive places on the earth for sure. And, you know, we live in a region, you know, that has a lot of those areas. And so, so I, a turkey <laughs> security. Nah, it's, it's a, it's a Fox. Oh, that's, is what, it? that's oh, what we're wow. hearing. Really? Yeah. We're hearing a gray Fox. Now in, I'm in, not going to edit that out. <laughs> okay, that was on. cool. You it's might need to, cause it's not going to stop. So, oh, okay. Well, I can't get rid of it. Uh, so, explain Ananda. Um, the so, name. So, Ananda, you know, I, I was growing medical cannabis and uh, decided that I, I wanted to um, continue to, to grow cannabis and that uh, the medical kind of program was getting a little tough, um, changing a lot and a lot of uncertainty. So, the rec market was opening up. So, I decided that. Um, you know, I, I was in the perfect place and if they were going to allow me to do it in my zoning that, um, I felt like I had, um, enough, uh, understanding to be able to, to take that on. And so I started that process early on and, um, and, uh, and, uh, so I started early on and tried to like just have everything in place so that you know my water rights my my zoning permitting and all those things so that um there was no, no obstacle for me to get the license so we were one of the first uh 50 uh licenses in the state um to oh really start. yeah so oh, we yeah. started growing in uh, 2016 in June and we were able to get mm. our get the first harvest in and start selling on the shops in early 2017. So, so we were right there from the beginning, and um, you know it's a slow start, and um, you know the ups and downs of the market definitely um, you know has it challenged challenging. I mean, yeah, have you, obviously you've been able to be successful enough to it, it's move forward, but yeah, you know with growing uh, any crop is going to be challenging. You know, farming in general, you have the not only the weather, you have markets, you have all all kinds of variables that can affect that. So, so when when you're growing something, it's it's what you're choosing to do. It's something you love to do, and and you're learning how to do it better all the time. And you learn how to just roll with the punches as you know as best as you can. And so, so um, when you're that determined, you you have to figure out a way to make it work. And so whether it's changing strains up or or learning how to grow certain strains that people need, 
um, you know, and making that work and learning how to use the land and the seasons and not having to invest tons of money into infrastructure because um, it's already expensive enough even when you when you are going bare bones like we are. So, sure, I have sure. noticed you like to grow medicine, as you call it. You make sure that it's ones that people need that you can guarantee basically they'll always you'll always have available yeah i mean it's you're consuming it um you're ingesting it and it's an herb and so it's medicinal Mm -hmm. um however you want (laughs) however you look at it and so so uh, yeah i take that serious if people are going to be putting something that we are putting out there that it's going to be something good and something healing for them and there's going to be good energy behind it from the from the land, from the people that are working with it and all the way to the to the shop that's carrying it and respecting what it is so that they can uh, get that to the to the people. So sure. Now I've got like a, a thousand questions for you. I do want to ask you about the name. Well, you know, finding a name is a tough thing, you know, uh, where, you know, where do you start? What do you want? You know, maybe some people just have it already set in their mind what they're going to do. So, you know, I really wanted to just have a name that um, that I like the sound of it and um, that I liked that the meaning of it. Um, and I, I was kind of just looking at a lot of different um, uh, East Indian names because cannabis has a lot of history in, in India and a lot of the healing um, medicinal values and things that they've, you know, been understanding are, are from there. And so I was kind of in that realm of names and, and whatnot. And I was reading an article about anandamide and, um, how our body produces it. And, uh, and it's the same effect of when you are smoking herb. And so, and then looked up the word ananda and, uh, found it meant joy and bliss and thought that that's a, the perfect thing to, to represent what I get from cannabis and what I want to spread. So, right. <laughs> and you know we're sitting here out like I just want everybody to know that we're sitting out here and the view is gorgeous uh but we're going down the rows and i'm already see i'm already getting into it man i, I gotta <laughs> i gotta ask you about the cannabis uh we're going down the rows and everything like you've got a purpose to most everything one thing is everything is uniform um and very clean but you have a purpose on every single row you want to talk about that real quick? Because that was really cool. Yeah, so I feel like the design of the layout of the farm is, uh, you know, very important because that's the flow of the energy in that space. So when, you know, you're working and the people are working in that space and the plants are growing in that space, then it's uh, a better energy flow when it's designed to, uh, the roads are going north-south um, and the, um, the water and the power and the the workstations are central in in the farm. So so the design is really important um, to make everything efficient and feel good. And um, and then as far as the the strains and the you know the placement of things by um, living in, in Williams um, and growing cannabis for almost twenty years, you learn about. Um, you know, what certain strains need and, and how they grow and when they finish, how tall they're going to get and, um, and how they grow next to each other and whatnot. So, so we, we look at what's doing good on the market. Um, you know, what strains people want, what, what strains are working, um, and then try to, you know, get enough of those certain strains 
into our program and um, try to bring in some new stuff that we like and uh, and uh, grow enough of of multiple things so that it's not you know big chunks of stuff or like tons of variety that nobody can really like um, you know use and then go back to and have it be a consistent um, uh, herb that they smoke so. So, and that's something I try to do is have um, strains that I grow year after year that I know work and I know people like and and uh, they can always come to. And so, well, try to and, have those year round. Yeah. Well, and here's the deal. We talked about this going through the tour here is that, uh, you know, you got Durban Poison, you got... Uh, Gorilla Glue. Gor yeah. Uh, you got a lot of basics out here. Yeah, Sour D. Sour D. Blue and, Dream. And I, yeah, Blue Dream. And I don't want to say basic because it's not uh, because you've taken it to the next level. But but you are you were saying that basically that that's your bread and butter, right? The strains that are sought after. Yeah, honestly, Kosher Kush has been a good one after. for an, our, an OG. You know, you, the Girl Scout cookie, I've had that cut forever. And, um you know, sativas are really important um, to have. A lot of people want those. And, and hard to come by, yeah, damn so it. Yeah, we, so we try to focus on uh, finding good sativas that that are st strong and um, a lot of, lot of terpenoline strains that, you know, not everyone's favorite, but a lot of people really like them. So, so we need to like, you know, have, I try to have something for all the different palettes and try to have a lot of different terpene um, profiles so that, we, we have, you know, stuff high in myrcene, stuff high in terpenoline, stuff high in uh, limonene, stuff high in humulene, and all the different, you know, try to have a lot of variety and, and pick things that we like, um, you know, in those varieties. Uh, and like you said, sativa, you, you, you focus and you actually have one strain you were saying about the high CBD. Yeah, so I grow. I only grow one CBD strain, but okay. it's a really good one. It's uh, it's critical mass, and I've had the cut for a long time. And um, I did not know critical mass was a high CBD. Mm -hmm. I guess I didn't realize that. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's an indica mercine uh, strain, and you know, tests really good uh, two to one high high CBD and high THC. So interesting, and it's a pleasant one to smoke and really floral and and uh, sweet kind of. Mm -hmm. Now I know you don't like sour D. No, not. But I bet not you might my, like his. I might. I I don't like sour diesel that has been grown and presented a lot around here, because I a lot of it's not. Like I've smelled one good sour diesel and that came through and it sold so fast. It's like okay, yeah, that's a good one. It's the only one that smelled really good. Like just like Blue City Diesel, it, it's hard to come by a good one. There's a lot of Blue City diesels, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, we um, I've had this cut for I don't know, over ten years I think, and um, been growing it steady, and the shops eat it up. See, so it's mm -hmm. old school. People so love yeah. it. People love it. Same cut, and that's the thing, you know. I only grow a little bit <clears throat> Blue Dream in the past, just because I wanted to save the cut I had. I've had it for so long, uh, like fifteen years or something. It's just kind of like a token of like re reminding me of how long it's been going. So. Uh, so I've been growing a little bit, but folks love it so much, you know, and I'm just like, all right, I'll grow a little bit more. Like, you know, well, Megan and I were talking about it. It's the reason why everybody loves Blue Dream so much is it gets you so fucking high. Mm. Mm -hmm. But probably in a certain way, we don't want to carry it like such as, you know, Talent Health Club is because you can find it at so many different places. Yeah. And we don't want what everybody, you know, usually have. But good Blue Dream. Yeah, we I know mean, where it, to send them. I was amazed how fast people <laughs> really loved it. You know, yeah, so that, well, super silver haze in there. I think. 
Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is I think that that might be the mark of a really good grower maybe is that you can grow some good. strains that, you know, may, you know, be out there half a dozen uh, that are really good, you know, actually and Once represent. Once to yeah, I mean, it's, it's been around about. for a long time. It's amazing. You know, people still, you know, it's still a hot seller. You you did just, you weren't afraid to jump into any of that, right? Like, no, I don't. I mean, if people really like it. And for me, it's like one of those plants that really like helped me um, by growing really like large plants of high quality flower that could be consistent. So in medical, I could grow like really big plants of Blue Dream and it all looked big like yielders. amazing, very pretty color, very bright and uh would like hold up really well for a long time and and uh yielded great so it's just kind of a token strain that i keep around um just as a memory you know just for memorabilia and but people still Nostalgia. love it and so, yeah <laughs> and so uh you know so we're if, if it's medicinal and people are like you know using it and they want it then i'm gonna grow some more so we have you know two rows of it this year and we'll we'll Hell get yeah. it out there so you really don't sound very like you sound very confident in the strains that you pick. So once you've been growing them a couple of years and been testing them, you know what they do and, and you know how the customer, like the you're only 40, man. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I smoke all the stuff. So, so if it keeps working with me after, you know, like mm -hmm. you, you know, a strain is good when you can continue to smoke it year mm -hmm. after year. Well, And honestly, as a salesperson, a lot of people look for that. Like, Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Like as a meaning as a bud tender, a lot mm -hmm. of people look for that something that is steady. They're like, OK, I want something that's like this strain. Do you yeah. have this strain? Yeah. And a lot of the. No, but hold on. Let me see what I can find. You know, maybe I got one that's a cross of. But it, it is like a lot of them do come in that want that steady thing. And it's like we do have strains that do change often or a lot of crosses of things that people want. Yeah. But we can't give them that original. That's why we would send them to, you know, Fireside. Actually, that's we, we do a lot of that. That's why a lot of sales do happen because <laughs> we do a lot of that. It's like go down to Fireside. It's like where else would we send them? Yeah. And, I, and it's we like, have, of course, we, we got to stick Girl together. Scout or Blue Dream. Yeah. Or... So there are so many sent down the road. Trust me to, to down to Fireside to, you know, sell your guys's flower. So it's like when it comes to it you got to stick with those ones because yes a lot of people do come in looking for that specifically yeah and that's what we're here to do is to uh, grow stuff that people want to use and not just try new stuff all the time and but actually use it as as uh, medicine that they can rely yes. on like this is going to help me feel better in the morning this is going to help my stomach with this this is going to help me like relax in the evening well, whatever it's it is hard you to know venture out when you don't know what something else will do to you so it's like then yeah. it's a whole new and like, you're spending your hard-earned dollar to go try to figure that yeah. out so if you only have so much money, it's like you want to just buy what what you know is going to work and you know it's going to do what you want it to do. And then you're, you're See, set. this is a good way to explain to people that are addicted to pharmaceuticals. Got to do it on this side, too, but it's less of a struggle. Yeah. You get to enjoy it more, not have bad side effects. <laughs> or a plethora of them or have to take more pills to deal with the side effects. Yes. Well, and then not, not all the herb is clean too. So if your herb isn't clean, you're going to, it's going to cause uh, other things. You know, well, yeah. just he, because we test pesticides doesn't mean the growing techniques were, were good and correct. And it uh, doesn't have a lot of uh, salt nutrients and, and uh, 
other things people a bunch use of minerals, that don't yeah. don't show up on tests. Who knows what people mm-hmm. the loopholes that have um, well, and it goes so much deeper. I don't want to sidetrack, but you know, I mean, we've talked about certain brands that will you know mold to gold. That was a huge issue, but let's not let's not go there. We're talking about good organic. <laughs> no, cannabis, so, so so and that focus was on what what goes into the plant and the growing technique and the growing methods and the products we use and um, you know when it's going to be considered as medicine. Being able to trust the farm that you know that if it's going to come from our farm, it's going to be just like the last time and it made you feel good. You didn't have any adverse effects so that you can trust it in the future. So so I really do focus on, um, you know, on our growing methods and growing in native soil and growing with um, just what the plant needs. We test our soil regularly. We test the plant sap in the plant and um, we test our water. So we're, we're hyper-focused on what's happening as the plants are growing and giving them what they need and nothing more and nothing Did less. you pull that passion or that, that, uh, I wanna, that pureness? Did you pull that from being with the herb uh, business for so long? Yeah. Or, you, or did you just, is that something that just No, came? no, that is something that from Herb Farm, they, you know, they are really um, do focus on quality. And um, the, the success of the tincture... Um, Part of that company allowed the farm department to really uh, dive deep into uh, finding out what quality was and how to achieve it. So, so taking extra steps, even though financially it might not have made sense to harvest the best parts of the plant and to harvest them at the right times so that you're going to achieve the best quality so that their end product, which was their moneymaker, was going to be the best. Mm-hmm. So... So understanding that and working in this environment and growing all these different plants and how to keep them um, in good shape all the way through um, is is definitely something that I learned there and that I've carried through um, all the way to here. And so we might be small, but I'm definitely implementing um, good agricultural practices in, in what we do and um, clean spaces and cl- uh, clean areas and proper environmental controls and, um, you know, not letting stuff get old and all that stuff. You know, he 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 definitely sounds like he's got some of that, you know, OCD gumption there. Mm-hmm. You know, you definitely have a, you know, you definitely know what you're doing. And uh, when and, you had also said Rasta wise, like your dad was Rasta, yeah, or is Rasta, and and oh yeah, I grew up of, in a house with a lot of you know cannabis and the culture around that, and so that that helped. There's me a come, high high level of come into of cannabis passion. and yeah. yeah, and come into cannabis and uh, and have it be a part of life and not you know something we people look As down a stranger on. Stranger, you know, yeah. Well, you're old enough to have smoked brickweed, I imagine. Yeah, so in San Diego, that's uh, what there is, and you know when you're young, you don't have a lot of money for the chronic and uh and so he came from the 90s yeah so uh so yeah you you i i but i had good connects with some really good mexican and you know throw a couple orange peels in there and it was looking looking <laughs> primo I'm, I'm not joking i had some really good, some good lime green mexican wow uh, yeah i mean uh you know, just the, there knowing Jamaicans that were in San Diego, they sought it out. And um, and then Mexican friends that I grew up with, they had good connects to like the better stuff, not the just the trash. So so uh, there's definitely good Mexican. 
Oh, for sure. I was just saying, yeah. you know, like around, it's even not around Oregon. Southern Oregon. No, Southern Oregon in the <laughs> 90s, boy, it was brutal. Like, you know, you, it, I'm sure I smoked my fair share of Paraquat, man. Oh, yeah. No, and, it, it was bad. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, which is amazing because, like, I'll tell you, you know, I, it's been. First long? time I saw weed was, I thought it was tobacco. It was in my parents' wooden box with their wooden pipe. Really? And yeah, I thought brown. it was tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> so, I didn't know what the fuck it was. I thought it was tobacco. Did you want to smoke it because it was tobacco or? No, I didn't know what else? it was. I opened the box and I closed the box and I put <laughs> the box down and walked away. <laughs> I wonder if that was good or bad. <laughs> I was just like, I asked them about it later. They're like, yeah, we had to smoke pot to deal with your ass through high oh. school. I'm like, touche. That was some shit weed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I knew it was weed. I grew up around it being a secret, though. So. It was more secretive. That's yeah. why I thought it was true. I was looking for change. <laughs> yeah. So, pioneer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I was, it, I had it around. And so I, I saw good stuff and I saw bad stuff. And I knew, you know, early on, I knew like, okay, this is like crap. And I was going to smoke that. But did you, you have know. a gardening like, like me? I'm just even if I kill it, I still want to try to grow it. I mean, did you have a green thumb from the beginning or? You know, I, w I went and helped my grandma when I was a young teenager in her yard and she paid me a little bit of money. So I got to start moving her plants around and transplanting her stuff. And, and I was like, oh, this is, I enjoy this. And so I can make money doing it. So then I started landscaping and, and then uh, growing a bunch of fruit trees and my parents' yard. And, um, and then, yeah, always just being around Jamaicans. And yeah. Always <laughs> just growing plants and, and uh, you know, gardening and yeah. whatever I do even my yard at my house like you know I have tons of different uh plants that I like you know whenever I get a chance to plant a new tree I'll try to do that so yeah oh, yeah yeah do you do you um do you plant anything else out there on purpose like we were talking about you had biocontrols and those then, ones are at the end are on purpose I yeah know I, those I, are I, see that's what I was getting black at. ones that yeah you know I like I like it for the aesthetics it's the beautification for the uh a lot of uh uh butterfly uh seeds and pollinator seeds and erosion control so anytime we um you know break ground and make some new areas we always cover it with seeds and erosion control and and different grasses and just tons of stuff we have a huge lupin patch on the on the um on one of our banks that's really pretty in the spring so we, what's the you really know, tall one right there that's a uh, a hollyhock those are pretty because I've seen that you have them all over and there's black ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we planted them last year and they just started. They're a biennial, so they they flower the second year and then they'll then they'll die. So yeah, we're getting to get a long flowering. They've been flowering for a couple months now. They're beautiful. Is it <clears> something that I mean? Do you think about that? Like you know, when you have a larger area of a land that you're only monocropping, do you think about those things? Like, do you try to to I I like growing all kinds of plants, so it's it's more about um, you know prioritizing what needs to get done. So we we try to uh, you know take care of the herb and make sure that's growing healthy. Mm -hmm. and if we mm -hmm. can ever add anything, or you know, like I mentioned, if we break ground, then we want to cover it with some seeds and and plant that. And I have a little area with a couple uh, jujube trees down there, some shaded area to kind of hang out. And eventually, I'd like to make this you know a place where people can come and tour. <clears throat> and have a you know nice landscaped area mm -hmm. and and tons of you know plants well, growing everywhere. Really beautiful. So it's it's already getting there. Yeah, it's you know it's layers. You know you got a infrastructure and hardscape and then come in with the landscape later. So sure. And I just want to mention you know like it's it's funny because when we've been on tours before, we were always shown like the cured cannabis, and you took us into your fresh room. 
and it was just it smelled so good mm-hmm. i mean we're usually taken in straight to the stuff that is already like cured been trimmed a little uh-huh yeah, and and we, we have it was seen. just it was knockout man yeah we just harvested and so we're kind of in the first second week of the curing process right now so so everything's really smelling good and filling the air and all the different strains you can't it's hard to tell which one's which they're all kind of powering <laughs> it was interesting too because we're in there you said you were we were talking about how you like to cure and you you like to do it fast but slow yeah so i i feel like um you don't want to, I don't like to leave them on the stem long and, and prolong that drying process. I like to kind of in not high heat, but, and, um, not super dry humidity, but like, you know, balanced controlled environment, um, with a cool temp, but then getting the, the water out of it faster and then, uh, then curing it. So, curing it, yeah. so I get it off the stem and then, and then, uh, cure it after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems to do really good. So you said dry fast, cure slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remove the water because then the water is what's going to change the yep. the flavor and and oxidize and change the color mm-hmm. of the plant. So you want to you want to capture the terpenes and and not let them uh, change too much from mm-hmm. what they were. That's what we like mm-hmm. to teach a lot more people because a lot of people forget that part. Yeah, they like to you just know, dr- and they like to just old school thought was you know leave it on the stem hanging yeah, for two weeks. Yeah, that's and that like, is really and that's, that you know that might be nice like to smoke it like right away, you know, because mm-hmm. it's it's cured. But a couple months later, I don't think it you know because you're, you're trapping too much moisture. That's in a good there. point. Yeah. yeah, and then so three months later, you're basically looks Got like brown. Yeah, it's brown and, you can't and do it all smells it. the same. And yeah. So, so I really feel like that's important. So, but that takes a lot of years, uh, you know, finding how to, the method on the, how to space and all those different, uh, uh, details to, to achieve that is, um, uh, takes some time. So, so it's a lot safer to hang it on the stem and leave it, let it cure longer that way. I see. And so, so it's easier to get a higher quality product that way, but for a shorter can, amount can, of time, if you can figure it out. <laughs> then you're going to get a better product in the end. <laughs> that kosher. That co- well, that's the thing is, is, uh, is, you know, it's been, I don't know how many years, a, a long time. I think it was even before I met you that I have actually smoked only half a joint and set it down. <laughs> and I did that with your product. <laughs> that, that's one of our signature strains that, you know, I got... You're lucky, s- lucky! I I popped we that had seed. To concentrate. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, that came out great too. That was one of my favorites. Um, so we, you know, popped that seed and uh, before the wreck, um, and didn't think it was going to be much. And then there was just one that survived, and and I went ahead and stuck with it and and finished it off and found it was amazing. And so I kept it and and been with it ever since. And, and now, uh, I think that's one of our, our signature strains for sure. Maybe right after the Talimon. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, and that, that's a good lead in is that you work with Bo. Yeah. We, we started working together, uh, last year and, um, released some, some great stuff. Last, yeah, let's that's talk a powerhouse. about what you do. Yeah. That's a powerhouse. <laughs> uh, just saying that, you know, um, I mean, we're talking like if you if you really get down to it, y- you and Bo are like the big, you know, Southern Oregon. That's yeah, a, that's a it, good team. Yeah, I'm stoked. He's uh, he's very passionate about what he does and and holds quality at the 
top and so that aligns perfect with with what i'm about and um southern oregon sun grown and being focused on that and so so um being able to uh translate that to to the extract and get it out there to the to the people that's um you know i'm excited about all, all the stuff that we're going to be running here soon i just want to make sure i get this in too is that we're talking literally like southern oregon outdoor like you the only lights you have are just to slightly change yeah. some some schedule but we are talking this is a hundred percent basically outdoor mm -hmm. yeah so we are sun grown soil grown organic that's so awesome that's a, that's a hundred percent what we're about um Native and soil. very little technology along with the lighting like you're not using but you're not using I mean you're using the stuff that you'd see on a farm but we're not talking about a huge amazing system of no no we don't have dehumidifiers we don't have fans in our greenhouses we don't have all that stuff right I use clip uh, LED clip lights um, in the spring to keep the plants from flowering just to keep the daylight prolong the daylight um, and then we have our propagation uh, room where we have you know um, LEDs for our mothers and 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 our clones and stuff like that. So, so the only lights we use are for veg and propagation to to get that started and um, in the beginning and and nothing like uh, any grow lights. So, as I mentioned, our our power bills you know four hundred bucks a month, and not a very year, big go year around. Yeah, sure, and not a very big team. We we're talking you you keep it pretty slim, right? Yeah. So we have um we have three four full time employees um and and then a couple part-time folks and That's so crazy. so um even con including trimming so we do all our in-house propagation um all our trimming and all of our sales and delivery and um all in-house wow so so yeah uh with small team and then um you know then you're private and which we, just so everybody should know i mean you've totally got yourself yeah no investors yeah. nobody nobody directs the the direction of of what we're doing and it's um it's the plants and and growing cannabis and that's mm. that's our focus so in other words not corporate <laughs> not corporate 100 yeah. not corporate all the money that we make goes into the hands of our employees Beautiful. and i spend all the money in my local vicinity where i live and so when Keep when we local. make sales it goes directly back into our state and so that's so great. when you you know you're supporting you know people that love growing cannabis and that live here and spend their money here so yep. When when you first got into this, did you think you'd build this kind of a reputation? Um, you know, no, <laughs> no. I I was focused on trying to get my license quick because um, I felt like if I didn't do that, then it was going to be hard to, um, you know, be able to surface amongst all of the cannabis being grown in Southern Oregon. So I was concerned that um, there was going to be a lot more money and um, big big growers pushing me out. And so I felt it was really important to establish myself early on. So I, uh, I took my LLCC out in uh, 2015 and I had a medical one, a non-medicinal, so I could at least get started. So I started branding it with my uh, logo and started selling to a couple of medical shops um, right before so that um, I could just kind of get that out there and then got the license and then just been going since then. And that all stemmed <laughs> from the passion just from experiencing cannabis when you were well, younger or, I mean, how, I mean. So I, I, I love growing crops. I love growing right. herbs, um, all plants and cannabis, especially I, I smoke it every day. And so okay. it's part of my life, you know, mm. I need to grow it. 
Otherwise, I would be broke. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. No, and it's it, cannabis is positive in a lot of ways. Uh, we should ask about psychoactive psychedelics. Yes. Do you like any other psychoactives? Yeah, you know, I've, I've grown up around all kinds of psychedelics and acid and mushrooms mm -hmm. and sure. peyote. I've tried, I've tried that, um, those things and uh, di different periods of my life. I've found I use them more and then different p periods less. You know, I've, I've raised two kids. Sure, so, sure. So, you know, that kind of like makes you have to, you know, focus and like time yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. so there's different periods of of life i'm sure i'll i'll hit another period where i want to enjoy some of that stuff well it, well that's one thing about the psychedelics is that you can come and go you yeah. know appropriately you know you don't always it's a tool and you don't always have to hold the hammer right you can build the fence and then totally set it but it's down. always something that should you should go back to and sure and and touch touch and check in with yourself on that level you know it's it's definitely a, a good thing. Absolutely, and, and and we know with kids. I mean, we've had a lot of kids. Oh <laughs> that didn't sound right. We have a lot of kids. Like we have four children. <laughs> so yeah, we have a lot of kids. <laughs> Doesn't sound bad. It is no. <laughs> so my point was is that we have to uh, plan for those things too. Yes. You know, we have to make a plan. It's not like, you know. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So that's another factor. But yeah, yeah, it, it is. <laughs> but like you said, you still you still plan on revisiting it occasionally. Yeah, yeah. My kids just moved out. My my, <laughs> my youngest, he's eighteen. So you know, maybe you're bringing it up for a good reason. Aren't you lucky? <laughs> you're like, okay, I know what's coming up next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny because um, uh, when you get this opportunity, especially in Oregon, I think, you know, I think they actually got it on the ballot finally. I think so. Oh in yeah, November. definitely. I'm all for that. You know, all plant, uh, all plants should be, should be legal. So. But I think in Portland, I don't think all of Oregon, but oh. yeah, it, eventually it's going to be, have to be everywhere. So, you know, I yeah. support it a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, you know, as well. These plants are for us to use. And, and we just signed, I remember we just signed uh, Mushrooms, the, yeah. the ballots in Ashland. For, yep. For and I don't think yeah, that was... Ho hopefully they'll let them sell them at the dispensaries. That'd be cool. Do you think, oh, I, I bet you OLCC would take that over. I, don't you think? We, I, I'm not sure how that would work. I think it would, I, we were hoping, we were already talking about it. We're like, that'd be fucking cool to be able to sell it out of the dispensary. Just be like, and here's our mushroom selection. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> They'd probably have so many restrictions. Only half a gram per day. Oh, probably. They'd have <laughs> you some have to sort wait of five days control. to get high. It's gotta happen. <laughs> it does. It does, and I think it's a good thing. <laughs> so, what's what is the future? I think they should sell them in only eighth or quarters. That's your only options. You can buy them in. I agree. You can't and get them any smaller. You can't just buy one gram. You have to take it in one gram if you want to, but you have to buy it in in a quarter. Well, we've talked that. about this, but like as soon at some point you get experienced enough that you can actually, you know, actually push those boundaries mm -hmm. in safe ways. Like we've done things like walk through town and you've scared the shit out of me by walking through a cemetery. That was fun. And uh but, you know, someone else might freak out you know that might not be a good thing yeah and anybody going in the store and getting it but you know i think it can be a good thing for them to have that awakening too so the more people have access to that um beautiful you know, thing it's, it's a i think it's worth you know trying to approach it trying to take safe it on. access right yeah take it Just on safe access and we need to start somewhere 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what's the future? What I mean, um, you, you know, that's um, the, the same, the, more of the same, mm-hmm. trying to uh, continue to learn about the plant and, and uh, how it grows and, and what it likes and, and the different strains that we're growing and um, how, to, how to understand um, the soil and um, just to, to really um, get the potential out of the plant so that it's um, growing in its healthiest environment that it can. So that's a constant, you know, challenge with those seasons and uh, the pest pressure and uh, different, you know, obstacles that come up and then just learning more about how to improve each year. So <clears throat> that's always at the forefront. So, you know, that's where we invest our money in in right back into the land and into the plants and and how we're going to, you know, get those um, those constituents in the plant mm-hmm. that that are there, but not always pulled out um, because of the growing process. So a lot of the what we're seeing is like as the soil is uh, gets healthier and the plants are healthier, then they're more vigorous. We're going to see a lot of minor cannabinoids and minor uh, terpenes that may not be present um, until you kind of get into that that uh, growth that of the plant and the health of that plant. So so learning how to um, <clears throat> how to read the plant and uh, use use these analysis to uh, to you know help help the plant grow. Do you find like since because it's changed a lot? You've seen all these changes where it's you know like from 2015 there was you know, people coming on the rec market, but then all, this whole blow up last couple of years with hemp. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it change your growing methods or styles or anything? No, I mean, like one thing that I really was excited about and and wanted and really was a huge reason I wanted to do rec is to be able to grow more plants than just the couple medical ones. Sure. And being limited that way. So, so it's been, I mean, there's always going to be issues, but all in all to, to, um, I don't know. There's nothing greater than to be able to have a patch of cannabis like this and mm-hmm. and grow your own herb and be able to have all these different strains and and learn about them and and have them in this in this uh, beautiful land. So so I'm I you know I roll I'll take it and I'll do what I need to do and I'll figure out work it out whatever compliance issues I'm having and financial issues or whatever it is we're gonna figure keep it out and just forward. keep moving forward yeah. and keep learning about the plant and letting the quality be at the forefront of of everything you know just what what we're putting out there trying to learn how to grow it better and preserve it better and all of those things really is is what our future what we're focused on now i know this is kind of a a even more futuristic question but like we've talked to people about how they might look forward to like national legalization or federal legalization and and pushing either you know concentrates or brands or i say keep it local I'm just saying, and yes. I talk, actually legalize I, it, legalize it, cool, but let's keep it local still. So, let's like say. I mentioned, you know, I try to um, make sure that our Southern Oregon shops get as much herb as they can mm-hmm. from us, so that the local people can can uh, enjoy what we grow here, and uh, and people that come here can enjoy what what's grown in this region and experience the terroir of of go. what yeah. it is. And yeah. so, so. Um, I'm I'm focused on that and that you know inherently is that local market and that's what and scares me-, me about if it does do that because everybody will want it to be shipped out and then what about the locals 
Yeah, so like, our scale isn't really there, you know. Yeah. We we grow, you know, all these different strains. We have set amount of each one. We have our clientele that likes strains here and there. And so we just focus on that. And and that's working out really good right now and just, you know, doing better at that. And as far as expanding, you know, we, we can try to expand a little bit on our land. Um, slow steps, you know, it all costs money. So, so I try to, you know, not go too fast and just one thing at a time and, and do, do good at what we're doing. And then try to, we added a little bit more ground this year and bumped it up to a tier two. We're only using about 8,000 um, square feet of that tier two. So, so we're still pretty much a tier one, just a little bit over. So we're going to increase a little bit here and there, but um, you know, if I, if I um, am able to, you know, get more of Ananda herb out there, you know, maybe somewhere local in, in Williams, I'll, I'll help a, a friend and we can grow some more herb that way and, sure. and you know, kind of share some of the, the brunt of the costs and the risks and all that kind of stuff <laughs> and, and help them out. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of different options that way, but as far as seeing Ananda, like investing in big things, um, you know, that's not really our, my direction. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm the one in charge and all the choices and all that stuff. So it's like, how much, how much further do you want to go with it? And mm-hmm. I, I really like where we're at with it right now and just trying to improve that and make sure that that's a hundred percent and let that be what Ananda is and, and focus on that. That's awesome. That I do is, have a question. Yeah. What do you use for like your nutrients and stuff like that? And like your IBM? IPM? IPM, sorry. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> So we use, um, we use for, for our feed, like feeding the plants and amending the soils, we use single part, uh, minerals and, um, for nitrogen, I use uh, soybean meal, like organic non GMO, uh, soybean meal for that. And, um, we use a little bit of fish hydrolysate, um, kelp, humic acids, um, nice. single part things, um, you know, very simple. And, um, and then for IPMs, we use um, Azagard. Uh, it's a neem extract. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. Um, it's the only um, neem extract made in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And so it's not um, those other brands that have been faulting and all that kind of stuff. And so that's a big one we use. We use um, we do put out beneficials um, throughout the year. And we spray um, on preventative, you know, uh, neem. and. Nice. Um, try to you know address it before it happens yeah keep on it so that's stay, the big one stay so, on it instead yeah. of getting yeah, it afterwards and, and different saponins yeah. really help um he's learned that yucca a lot. and aloe are really good ones trial and error lots <laughs> yeah. of years yeah and you know just being really on it so yeah that's the thing it's preventative is is the best uh <laughs> option uh you don't want to get too far don't start after after don't get too, too deep. Yeah. Season. Well, and actually, we were just talking about this, and I know this is kind of sidetracking, but you know, just simply looping, you know, uh, just finding out what's actually on there and to begin with. Um, oh yeah, you know, we we have a, a microscope and mm-hmm. we have a screen so we can pull take it up, big, zoom it up yeah. real big, and look. Do you closely. find that helpful? Yeah, yeah. We look at the trichomes on that, sure. And we look at the if there's any kind of bug issues or we think there might be, we look at that. So. Through all the years, I've been able to kind of like be able to identify stuff pretty quickly and like take it in, scope it and see what's going on and and then, uh, you know, get going on what kind of program might be the best for that. But really just staying on it in the beginning with uh, 
with the neem has been really successful and uh, we definitely don't spray um, in flour. Sure. And so, so we get that all done and, and I think that's the of, part about just getting ahead of it so that you don't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, definitely. And, and I've used different like uh, biocontrols and like stuff like that. And it, we'll, we'll try them if we get into those situations, some Bavaria Bassiana for the aphids and, and uh, whatnot. But, those tend to, the climate really affects those. So if it's too hot or too cold, those don't always work the best and, and that kind of thing. So we're, we're always open to, to new stuff that's clean and, and good for the plant and the planet and, and that kind of stuff. So, so it's, it's always a challenge. You never know what's going to come. And so you got to always be on your toes. And, yeah, that's and, the thing. You know, there's, you don't know what kind of bug might be next. You know, the aphids popped up and now they're, the thing that used to be spider mites, it used to be, you know, uh, root aphids, it used to be russet right. mites. Russet it, mites. Yeah, we went through all that. We went through all that. Right. And yeah. so you yeah. got to just roll with the punches and then, you know, what's next? And what's then, next? And yeah. then when something stops working, then what's the next thing you're going <laughs> to use? Um, we, we did try some biganic for the aphids and that seemed like it's going to work pretty good because those are relentless. Uh, very relentless, um, especially in the heat. So once it starts getting hot, they seem to get really active. Uh, they're just active <laughs> in, general. in general. Yeah. And it's really weird. I've noticed that like on some of the plants, cause I was just looping this year that like one plant got just <laughs> all of a sudden showed an infestation and it's like that one plant could have just took out all of them. Oh yeah. So I was like, toss that one. <laughs> yeah. When you get really, um, into this kind of bigger canopy, then it, there's only so much you can really do at a certain point. So we try to just grow healthy plants, focus on the soil, focus on the plants and give them everything they can need. So they're strong and they can do better against them. Bugs are usually presenting themselves to deal with, um, unhealthy plants. And like when there's lack things, but the plant needs to be broken down and and getting out of the mix so so the healthier the plants are the less the bugs are gonna penetrate so so that's the first step sure 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 absolutely um and it sounds like you've got a really good understanding of that um can we talk about retail before we stop mm -hmm. can uh um where is it? first of all where can people get your product across the state fireside yes fireside is our <laughs> okay. number one shop so let's do some Sorry, we gotta drop that one first yeah let's yeah. plug <laughs> Um, so, uh, ground up, uh, RVC, Ashland, Central Point, West Medford, all those, um, Redwood cannabis. Um, let's see, um, ground up. Did I say that? Um, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, diamond has had some of our stuff here and there. Um, breeze botanicals has our stuff here and there. I'm trying to think. And you do go up north though, right? Yeah, I go up north. We're in Moss if you're ever in Eugene. Um, they're a great shop. And then we're um, up in Portland. Great shop, Treehouse uh, Collective. They've been around for a long time. Heard about them. Yeah, they're they're great folks. Um, uh, Broadway Cannabis, a new shop in right in downtown. Uh, really good folks there too. Family business. Um, you can tell it's freaking packed and so big. And like, you know. Um, what else? Uh, TJ's on Powell. That's a great one. Um, Heard of that one. Um, Be Wonderful is a cool little one in uh, like um, Southeast or I think, I think they're North. north. Yeah, they're out on 60th somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah we're, out, we're out in McMinnville, uh, New Leaf. They're oh, okay. a great shop if, mm -hmm. you, if anybody's out that way. Um, another family business. So we really just try to work with businesses that um, 
we, we like to work with and that, um, you know, value the quality of the product and uh, and present it to their customers accordingly. Sure. And again, I'm hopefully I know that sun's getting bright, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's get it's it's hot. I'm I'm hot. It's not it's hot. Like, it's just bright. I oh, can't see nothing, so I might be doing that. <laughs> sunset. Sunset. It's beautiful. Uh, but again, a retail question. Um, do the coastal do like do any of the you know we try to get lucky out on the coast you know we tried to a little bit but it's tough (laughs) to get out there you know and even out east right yeah so i have a shop in bend that's been trying and i have a shop out on the coast but the right now there seems to be a drought and uh you know our our stuff is flying in the shops we're in so we're kind of at the point where we can't really take on any more shops and we're just going to make sure that we can continue to fulfill the orders. Ter- that is a terrible problem. Yeah, it's it's good. It's it's day and night from we like We can't take on any more shops. You know, if it's, if it's if it's uh some folks that are in a part of the town and and it makes sense and it works and you know, it's not like that, but it's just really like hard to fulfill the sure. the demand right now and and make sure to work with our with our consistent Current. yeah. Yeah. So and I'm surprised you haven't asked this yet. Do you want me to sit, try to sit like this? Oh, it's good. Cool. Okay. Uh, I'm surprised you haven't asked this coming from retail, but do you, what have you found on the pricing of outdoor? Because oh, that's a big one. we haven't asked behind the mic. Right. Have you raised your prices at all after all of this drought has been happening? Because we have heard of certain incidences where one of our vendors came in and told us personally that they had a shop calling the the owners to tell them to raise their prices because they wanted to buy all their flour and didn't want anybody else to have it. Yeah, so so we <laughs> have like our shops have been loyal to us. They kept their prices reasonable when the flood was happening and didn't drop us down crazy. So I've honored the prices since then and we they're the same prices that that they've been paying. And so I keep it that way and then our, their customers can rely on that same price every time every time right. so that's not changing and just having that consistent you know flower there of the strains that they the same strain grown the same way yeah. in the same shop for the same price i mean what happens when like the the percentages change we've seen like uh you know where you have something that starts out at 26 and then by the time you know, they sell you four more pounds, it's turned to 14, but so, you're still saying, I mean, have you seen any of those problems at all? So I keep my prices the same, no matter what the THC is, no matter if it's light depth or or full sun, nice. um, uh, or if it's grown under the greenhouse or whatever. It's all the same price, all, all the strains, no matter what. Um, just because it's, for me, I want to have that consistency as well. I want to know that this is the price and this is what... Right. The, the, this is the program. That's sure, what we're sure. doing. Yeah. Let's focus on no growing herb and like. Yeah. And so, so that's what that's what we do. And um, yeah, unfortunately, we have to raise some price. We're gonna have to start eventually raising prices on some of our flour because of those certain farms having to raise their prices. Yeah, I mean, um, hopefully the people will in, enjoy the value of our product and see that it's something that they can sustain. And, right. you know, we then, you know, that's why we try to focus on we live in a place where the sun is um, and the climate is is very conducive, very perfect for growing cannabis. And yes. so that's why we don't use any lights for producing cannabis. So when, you know, the, they're grown with just the sun, the lumens of the sun, the native soil, organic methods. And um, so when you're we're buying the product, you're supporting something that's good for the earth. We're not 
using tons of power and we're keeping everything local and we're trying to be able to be something that's long-term and that people can rely on. So, so we, we don't want to use lights just to make it a little more frosty. If nice. you know, but we, right. we're able to get a pretty to. frosty, you know. Yeah, like, I was gonna say. So, necessary. and that's that's really like a <laughs> challenge is like to to get that level up on the on the outdoor sun grown. So when people come down here, they Have say, "Wow, there's some you. really freaking good sun grown here." So yeah and I, I think that there's always been that like I've, i think that there's been people growers that have been able to achieve that over even 10 20 years ago or whatever but uh it's it's just i think it's tougher than just throwing up a thousand watt oh know, yeah yeah uh hps and just you know and i'm not saying it's not easy i mean it's always hard to grow weed or cannabis whatever but uh and you know indoors is hard because you have to control the environment but I think that in general, you have a lot more variables outside, and you got to learn how yeah. to weather the storm and and mm. go with the flow of nature and uh, with surprises. I mean, yeah, and always surprises. At least when you control the environment, there's you know you try to control those surprises. Well, that's the thing too. You can't control the herb. You can help it and guide it, like you know, in, encourage growth and and uh, but you can't control it, and so you just got to work with it. And a lot of times, um, you know people put too much pressure on their plants and, you know, get stressed out. Like, you know, I've been there and the plants are stressing me out, you know, and that's not really what it's supposed to be. It's not, you know, they're, they're here, they have everything they need in them. And then if you can encourage it along and make it a, a conducive environment for them and they're happy, then they'll flourish. So, so you want to help them and not put too much pressure on them and just kind of let the plants do their thing. So it's a, it's a balance of, giving them everything they need and being there for them all the time, but also just, you know, oh, it's not perfect. Oh, well, you know, just kind of go with the flow. It's not, can't fix it. You know, it's, you can only do so much. You can. My problem is, you know, when I'm, when I'm growing, I, I, I just like to see them grow. Like I don't even worry about the, I do worry about the end product, but I mean, you know, it's like just the watching them grow. You yeah, know, no, I love uh, it. Things have changed so much in the last couple of weeks. So, um, you mm -hmm. know, during this time of year, it's like every day it's a whole July new, gets, yeah, yeah, pretty big. So it's exciting times and for the next couple of months. So, so yeah, I think my last question, unless you have anything else, is uh, what do you think is the next boundary for us? Like everybody, you know, is pushing terpenes and that's what everybody wants is terpenes this terpenes that do you think there's any other boundaries or are we just going to stick with the you know terpene? people have talked about flavonoids and i i feel like there's definitely other stuff in there that we're not testing for that that um certain strains have that i like and you know there's different definitely things there so uh, yeah i think there's going to be a lot more you know um information coming out about the healing properties of cannabis and so i think that's really you know, a, a huge thing that hasn't really like we we're just barely touching it of like the potentials of the healing qualities of cannabis. And so I'm excited to see all the things that it can be used for and, you know, all the things that can help that that we have, you know, diseases that have been developing since we haven't had it. So so, you know, what are you know, there, it's endless to all the different things that I feel like it can help here. Does that make you feel like you might be open to other possibilities or pathways for your cannabis? Like, I mean, because I know you do a lot with it, you know, different, not just flower, but do you ever think about doing other well, stuff? Well, I, I, I would be very interested into uh, looking at how to um, 
to do some research into growing different strains and things that can be used for tests to to specifically like specific tests for yeah. different ailments and different things like that. So so having um, a research facility, you know, somewhere that that I can be a part of to um, um, contribute to to uh, collecting data on on the effects of these different strains and and how different phenos of different things can can help and you know help different ailments that we don't even know about so as that happens um, being in place and and growing a lot of different strains and and having the having that down to grow like high quality herb um, I think is the best stuff to use in those tests so so why start with a, a product a flower that's like less quality you want to start with something of the highest quality just to use in those tests of, of seeing how it can help with with uh, the different elements. So maybe growing some weed, weed, I keep, I should, it's cannabis, but you know, just growing something that's actually a standard for something. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to say, okay, this kosher kush will definitely help most people with this. Yeah. And this I'm, strain of it. Yeah. And I'm glad you say that. I, I did want to mention this too. And she's seen me go through this. Um, and that is, I do know that different strains do definitely do different medical things like there's only so many strains that cure my nausea yeah and a lot of times in the mornings i have that trouble and she's even asked me hey did that work for you know yeah. for your nausea and that's one of the first markers for me which is funny because you'd think that like everybody says oh it's good for nausea well yeah it is but not not all, all strains. strains no and some people are more sensitive than others so so it's, you know, those people that are sensitive, it's hard for them to find something that really works. So, you know, that's really it's nice to know. And it's nice and it's nice to know that you can get that. Like, yeah, you can go down there and buy Ananda, whatever, Blue Dream. And it's going to be the same, same cut, yeah. same growing methods from the same property. So grown by the same people. So I, I really don't want to leave because of the view and the sunset, man. I, I, I hate to we got to plug you. So how do we find you? Um, so we are uh, ananda.farms on IG, um, and we have a website, um, uh, anandafarmscannabis.com. And um, yeah, those are the two ways you can find us or going to Simple, the, any of the shops we listed, and, and they'll show you our, our flower. So, so we're here to stay in Oregon and, and continue to deliver the, the, the fire. Best. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you, you really did, man. I I gotta say, that's one of the best products I've had in a nice. long time. Good, so good, <laughs> good to hear. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't you agree? Yeah, outdoor, pretty tasty. Yeah. Her eyes are still slanted. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple <laughs> moments of stalling. <laughs> yeah, just not just take it. <laughs> All right, brother, we appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks so much for coming out here. All right, Absolutely. Man, we appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm Higher Peaks, and you've just listened to the Dirt Show. If you like this episode, please like, share, comment, and go to organrooted.com where you can subscribe to us on your favorite platform like iTunes, Pandora, or Spotify. Also check us out on our YouTube for videos and IG, Facebook, and Twitter for all our updates. Thank you for listening.